Welcome to Fantasy Focus Football. Football. It is Thursday. Football. September 7th, Field. We have football tonight. We have football tonight. I'm Sorry for interrupting. I wonder who's playing too, Stefania. Mm. Field J, Stefania Bell, Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. I am dressed up in my Lions blue. In fact, I know who my good friends are because Stefania also dressed up in Honolulu blue. Well, that's yeah. close enough to Honolulu yeah. blue. Yeah. Royal blue. blue. Hashtag one pride. That's right. Field, uh, why uh, did you wear a peach shirt today? I don't. It's a good question. He's neutral. Oh, you're wearing blue jeans. Blue, blue jeans. jeans. For there the you Lions. go. That's I, uh, what it I is. like the shirt. How's that? You know what? It's a good looking shirt. He's wearing nice Princeton colors or trying. Oh, yeah. That, that, that works. Is, that what that is? is there a Princeton sure. player on either the Lions or the Chiefs? On the Bengals, Andre Yosefoss made the Yeah, I know that one. No surprise. Yeah. I had to get. Give him a shout okay. out. Gotcha. This Fair doesn't enough. happen every day, Field. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. I mean, so. I went to Wesley and I know about <laughs> not true. having players on an NFL okay? roster. So yeah. whenever I can squeeze that in, yeah. I will. That's right. All right. Well, we got a whole bunch of stuff today because like Field, you already mentioned, it's football today, which means we got our first preview of the season. Are you ready for a professional thing that I'm going to do here right now, Daniel? Uh-oh. Tonight marks the quest for NFL teams that are all chasing the Lombardi Trophy, the Vince Lombardi Trophy, mm. handed out to the Super Bowl winner. Tonight also marks the quest for all fantasy football managers to achieve a championship glory yes. that would result in a belt. And where can you buy yourself a belt? <laughs> TrophySmack.com. That was, that was my there. professional effort right there. How 10% I do? off at TrophySmack.com with the code FOCUSBELT. Ideally... We start winning fantasy championships tonight. Mm. I can't wait till you guys award me that belt when I win the show. Okay, wow. Calling your shots. Pretty much trash talk. I'm ready for the season. I'm ready for the season too. I'm dressed up, good to go. We've been waiting for a really long time. You know, I I know it's not fantasy news, but I'm just going to take over for a minute right Uh now because. I'm ready to trash talk because I got my guy Nick Bosa back. Oh, so, yeah, you did. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling ready for the season. You know what? Nick Bosa is also feeling ready for the season for yeah, what it's is. worth. He is very prepared. <laughs> Nick Bosa might be the good. only person now equipped to take more boondoggles than you with that's that $34 right. oh, that's million right. dollar per year salary. I'm going along as his personal assistant. That's what it is. I'm going to that. cover his training regimen, yep. talk about how he stays healthy during the year. Uh, seems smart. You know, I'll work in my ESPN duties on the side. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm in on that, Stefania. <laughs> All right, we got a whole bunch to get into today. We're going to talk about some injuries we need to make sure you know about heading into week one, right. as well as a little bit of future thinking. But first, we're going to start with the news we have. Stefania, Cooper Cup has officially been listed out for week one. Sean McVay said he will be out week one, but he did not rule out the possibility that he may end up on IR at some point. Something that we talked about on the show actually a couple days ago you brought up. Not something that's happened yet, but just something for us to be aware of. What else do we know about Cooper Cup right now? I really think uh, that Sean McVay sort of echoed the things that are important to know. One, that the, se- the injury itself is not serious. He didn't have a glaring setback, meaning not a new injury on okay. top of what he had. That this is also a question of him you know, getting comfortable and then getting ready to play football. They really want him back when they hope they've passed the window of substantial risk for re-injury and they can have him for the rest of the season. We should be hearing, obviously, before, I would say before the weekend, we will know. Okay. Last night. Yeah, if they place him on IR by Saturday at 4 p.m., then you'd have not just a roster spot, but that clock of four games Mm -hmm. would begin for the Rams. Yeah. Field, last night, you and Stefania both were a part of the War Room League draft. And 
You actually took Cooper Cup in that draft. How far did he fall in a 16-team league? I'm going to pause for one second, and I want the viewers and listeners to just venture some sort of guess. Just a guess. Just a guess. Take a second here. Take a beat. Decide what pick overall you think Cooper Cup is going to go in a 16-team league. Three, two, one. 71st overall. Wow. 71st overall for Cooper Cup. Wow. And that's where I took him. That was the fifth round. So my fifth round pick is Cooper Cup. Now, as I said in the pre-show, I was talking to you guys, and I said Cooper Cup might not play until week 18, and I'll feel like an absolute idiot, right? Um, but if I get Cooper Cup back, even if he does go on IR, and he does return after those four games, week five on, if you have Cooper Cup or a lot of Cooper Cup, that might wind up being a value play. At some point in a 16-team league where half the teams make the playoffs, you have two challenges you're trying to accomplish. One is to just get in. Just get there, yeah. Second one is having enough upside in your team to make a push when it counts the most late. So Mm -hmm. I sort of did the risk calculation and figured that if I have half a season of Cooper Cup, I'm going to have to be really patient. But if I can just stay in the mix until that time then I think I might have a chance to achieve some upside late in the season. I also think, what's what round was it? Fifth round. So it's important because it's such a big league. You know, that that if you hear 71st, you think, wow, that's so far down. But in a 10-team league, he wouldn't go that far because yeah. you would have filled out more of your sure, roster by yeah. then. So I think just understanding where it is relative to how many uh, chess pieces you have on your roster already. Yeah. I'll give people some some other names that were being context. drafted just to hear yeah. this. And we won't talk about the Warham League extensively, but just a sense of players that were taken right after Cooper Cup. Mike Evans, who I thought about, Kirk Cousins, Brandon Ayuk, Jahan Dotson, Aaron Rodgers, Christian Kirk, Khalil Herbert, Dalvin Cook, Cortland Sutton, like, Tua, Kyle I like Pitch, some of those Reese. names. They're not even in the same echelon as Cooper Cup. Though, yeah, too. again, I, I think that if, if I'm going back to the idea of like which one of them has the chance to hit like maximum upside and be the difference between a strong playoff push and a team that sort of fizzles prior to the playoffs, my calculation was that Cooper Cup certainly has a lot more upside than all of those players. Last thing I'll note is that I took Travis, excuse, I took Patrick Mahomes in this draft early. And because it's a 16 team league, quarterback depth does become a problem sure and it also builds such a cushion for you right like there are weeks where like your flex plays two flexes as well you have some random players that are being started (laughs) in your flex oh yeah so having an elite quarterback buys you a bit of a cushion sure in general in a 16 team league especially with the second flex spot so yeah i decided it was time to roll the dice on cooper cup and um if by the end of the season i have no hair left it's probably because cooper cup never got back healthy or he came back and then got hurt again or he came back and was a shell of himself but uh if my hair stays voluminous and hopefully <laughs> uh you know field. coiffed perfectly then yeah. maybe cooper cup Coif- is balling and i feel great i've never even heard that word i don't even it's know which one's right is it quaffed, quaffed. Yeah. i don't know i, I use oh, the frosty. french yeah i use the non-french version <laughs> that's what it was yeah. Okay. Yeah. i will tell you i drafted two lions back to back in the warren league so who is really your best friend you, i already said it was you yeah you know what let's just get right into it let's do our thursday night preview lineup locks for this thursday uh, night preview. game include patrick mahomes <gasps> yeah jameer gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown, those are the three obvious guys. Obviously, the big question here is Travis Kelsey. He hyperextended his knee at practice recently. He's going to test it out today. Here's where I'm at. If he plays, you're playing him in fantasy. 
if he doesn't play, which we will hopefully find out a little bit later today. Well, you'll you, definitely find out. We'll, you'll definitely find out a little <laughs> bit later today. Then you've got to make a pivot to go another direction. Really quickly, before I ask you about this field, where did Travis Kelsey go last night in the War Room League? Number two. Number two overall. Number two yeah, overall? which I thought in a league full of people that uh, a lot of reporters, Schefter, Moore, Jeff Darlington, Stefania, obviously, is dialed in as anybody. Uh, there are a lot of people in that league that know a lot of things. Wow. I kind of thought that Kelsey would gravitate more towards the back end of the first round. Instead, it goes second overall to Jeff Darlington. So wow. maybe Darlington knows something. Stefania, do you know anything that Jeff Darlington <laughs> does, doesn't does know? He does cover the Chiefs. He does. He's there frequently. He yeah. Up covering the Chiefs a lot. Listen, um, so let's go back to what the injury is, bone bruise. And before everybody out there started, because you'll hear this a lot during the season, if I called it, instead of a bone bruise, a trabecular microfracture injury, would you... Would that make you a little more concerned than bone bruise? Can you say that word one more time? <laughs> it's two words. Trabecular microfracture. Trabecular? Mm-hmm. Microfracture. That, okay. Alex. Trabe- I was going to say trabecular. <laughs> I think he must have been the first one to have right, the surgery. Peter, the yeah. reason I say it is because I think it just gets dismissed so often. Like, I, whatever, it's a bruise. Like, you, you, you bump the table, you get a bruise. It is actually an injury to the small cells that are the architecture of the bone. Okay, and your bone has nerve endings and your bone can bleed. So that's why you see swelling. You see edema on the MRI. That's what they saw. Uh, And that is what defines a bone bruise. Now, it's a wide spectrum in terms of how significant the injury is, how long it takes to recover. And the good news is that Travis Kelsey had no ACL injury. Why does that matter? Because when he hyperextended his knee, he could have damaged the ACL. And in fact, we see bone bruises often in conjunction with an ACL injury. So definitely they dodged a bullet there. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that happens when you get this is swelling in the area, pain, discomfort. The problem is if you have a lot of swelling, you don't have your normal range of motion. And if you try to play through a lot of swelling, you run the risk of then further injuring the knee. So when you heard reports of they're going to see how the swelling goes, because he did have some pretty decent swelling, they want to see if they can resolve that before they're willing to put him back out on the field. That's really what's at issue. He wants to play. He's a tough guy. He obviously hasn't missed time since his rookie uh, season. But it's really a question of can they effectively get the swelling down? Can he function in a way that is considered safe for them? And they have him out on the field. The really good news, if you get past tonight, I mean, it's just unfortunate it's Thursday because it sounds like if they had more time, wouldn't be a problem. Right. But uh, this is really a short-term injury from what the, the, the information that we're gathering is that something that could have been multiple weeks, bone bruises can be longer than a month. Mm. Uh, but in this case... All the chatter is positive around it. Yeah, and Clark Hunt, uh, their CEO and owner, was on uh, Good Morning Football this this morning and did not dismiss the possibility of him playing tonight, which echoes what Stefania just said. Uh, it might be a long shot, but at least it suggests this is probably not going to be a month-long injury for yeah. Travis Kelsey. You said it, Daniel. Obviously, if he plays, you're, you're playing, playing him. If he doesn't play, though, I would consider other options beyond the in-house option of Noah Gray. Yeah, if I, if Kelsey doesn't play, the pass catchers that I'm thinking are going to see increased volume are not the tight ends that I want to go out and try and roster. I'm thinking about Sky Moore mm. or Kadarius Toney. Do you have a Chiefs wide receiver in this offense, regardless of what happens with, with Travis Kelsey, that you prefer over the other? Yeah, I think going into tonight, it's Sky Moore. Not that Kadarius Tony doesn't have a ton of talent, but as we know, he's missed, what, close to a month of practice time. Now, yep. he has been practicing this week. 
I just don't think you can compare a full month of Sky Moore working with the starters with the every team. single day yep. to Kadarius Tony getting caught up in three days uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Anything can happen. But if I'm playing a Chiefs wide receiver tonight, it is Sky Moore. Yeah, me too. And I think really those are the ones I guess you could look at maybe Kadarius Tony if you really needed to. But like he's outside my top, I think, 35 right now at wide receiver. I'm I'm focusing on Sky Moore. And that's really it. You're starting Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You're starting Travis Kelsey. You're starting Sky Moore for me. Yeah. And you're looking at maybe the running back position. I think this Isaiah Pacheco is a little bit too far down the list. I don't have him as an RB2 if you need to use him because you've got an Alvin Kamara type of a situation. But I'm staying away from Isaiah Pacheco here this week. He's more of a flex play for me. So I, I think it's worth noting at the beginning of the season that when you hear us talking about our rankings and talking about start sit, not that we don't play in 16 team leagues, because I know all of us do, including the Veterans League and the War Room League and other leagues. But generally speaking, when you hear us talking about a player, think more 10 to 12 team leagues, because yep. the vast majority of our users on ESPN.com do play 10 or 12 team leagues. If you're in a 14 or 16 team league, then obviously be mindful of that as we are doing our analysis. I think Pacheco's close in a 10 or 12 team league because I do think there were people that were patient at running back. So I don't think that Pacheco was a total throwaway starter. I've got him as running back 26 this week. So I'm a little bit more optimistic than the rest of the consensus and Pacheco coming off of injury recovery of his own this summer, but hasn't been on, not on the game status report. He is going to play tonight. The things you like about Pacheco is that he's a super hard running physical player who finished really strong for the Chiefs in the postseason and became their starter. What we don't know is that for a team that obviously has aspirations to play 21 games this year, which includes the 17 in the regular season and up to four in the playoffs, are they going to ever utilize a running back? that heavily that's why pacheco falls a little bit further down than you would think a starting running back for the chiefs would also as we know he's not going to see a ton of pass game utilization that's going to be Jarek mckinnon so in a 12 team league i think he is a borderline starter in a 10 team league where your draft construction was to be really patient with your second running back or just go zero rb i think it's justifiable but there certainly are better options on average for your second running back spot. Consensus rankings have him at running back 29 for week one, as high as running back 24 with Tristan and as low as running back 34 for Mike. So there is a little bit of a range there for Isaiah Pacheco. Mike is just trying to completely, What's uh, he's trying to like, What's the opposite of engendering yourself to somebody? He's he trying to get his get back into my good graces is what he's trying well, to do. He's trying, he's, he's trying to make himself public enemy number one to every running back out there. Rashad White first, Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco now. Second. Yeah, geez, Mike, what do those guys do to you? I'll tell you what. If there's a running back I want to start in this game other than Jameer Gibbs, I actually would rather play David Montgomery from the other side of the football. I think David Montgomery is in a spot where this Detroit Lions team. Well, let me ask you this question. Hmm. And this is not as as serious as the cornerback conversations that yeah. we've had. But behind Amon Ross St. Brown, yeah. the depth is not super great at wide receiver, right? Mm. We really think that they're going to rely on Jameer Gibbs. We've talked about that, how they're going to yes, use him in ways that, yeah. that we're not expecting. <laughs> yeah. I think D- David Montgomery is also going to be heavily utilized, especially if Chris Jones is not in this game, not having your superstar defensive tackle. Is there a chance that he, they... He, should I break some news for you right here right now, Daniel? He's not going to play. Kickoff is in, if my math is correct, nine hours. Yes. It would take a freaking miracle of the highest order for the Chiefs to A, negotiate a deal, Chris Jones to then sign that deal, take a physical, get his, like, he ain't playing tonight. You're catching, you're catching the Chiefs without Chris Jones tonight. Like, 
I've seen some wild stuff in my time. If he plays tonight, that would be it. It will be the craziest thing that I've ever seen, seen in quite some time. In the well, then great. So then I fire would, up yeah. all your lines running back. Yeah, no, but, it, but so uh, assuming that is the case, because it would seem extremely unlikely that's all that I'm it's saying. not the case yeah. that David Montgomery does see a value boost because this Lions offensive line, as we know, is one of the strengths of this team. The reasons why Montgomery is not inside our top 20 or 25 for running backs are things that we've Speak talked about yourself. throughout the offseason. Uh, okay. Uh, not inside. I'm sorry. He is consensus running back 24. 20. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. So I have him as 28. So I'm a little bit lower on David Montgomery. Whoa. My apologies. Well, the problems are this, that you know who the passing game utilization is going to be. It's going to be the Jer- it's going to be the uh, Jameer Gibbs show uh, as far as pass catching goes for oh, these lines, the running, backs. Yeah. running backs. And then the other thing would be even without Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs are awesome on offense. They could have me catching passes and they'd probably be fine. And so game flow could be a little bit negative here for the Lions, which could lead to even more Jameer Gibbs and less David Montgomery. So he is a lot of what I said for Isaiah Pacheco applies to David Montgomery in terms of whether I would be playing him or not tonight. All right. Let's make a prediction on this game because I don't think there's anyone else we're really thinking about starting within fantasy. Do we have like have, do we have I don't know if we built a graphic or not. Do you want to just reveal that Daniel is taking the Lions right now or do you want to like put it on the record yourself? I already put it out there when I did my Patrick Mahomes video today. Yeah. Last day of my 75 day no, countdown. Thank you to everybody Dop, yeah. for making sure that you watched that. It was so much fun. Thank you for uh, if you participated. Yeah, a lot in that. of work. I already said in that 75 day countdown, even though Patrick Mahomes is going to start 0 and 1. He's likely going to be my top quarterback for the next decade. So I've already put it out there, Field. The universe knows I am taking the Detroit Lions tonight. Stefania, what about you? You know, it's tempting uh, because there are a lot of things working in Lions' favor. But you know what isn't? Tell me. Arrowhead Stadium. Oh. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, that's right. Oh, we wow, haven't gotten a chance. That, that, that's oh, right. That's Sorry. right. That the, the, the ding for Arrowhead. <laughs> it is uh, like the 12th man. I mean, listen, as somebody who lived in Kansas City for a while and knows how loud it can get there in the opening night, I mean, what? there will be no better place to tailgate than Arrowhead. I mean, that barbecue in Kansas City, it is going to be, it is going to be fun. And I'm so sorry, Daniel. What? To, t- to you know, I tried no. to bond with Stephania. you here, but I'm going with the Chiefs because it's the Chiefs at home at Arrowhead. Like, What about you, Field? Uh, as far as the uh, Chiefs versus the Lions, Daniel, yeah, I, I was hoping that you would uh, walk out of the studio for about 30 on, seconds right now while I reveal my answer. Uh, believe it or not, I'm going out on a limb and taking the defending Super Bowl champions yeah. at home. Uh, we have this awesome league that we play in. It's Michigan men. It's our, oh, it's, yes, all we these, do. it's all of Daniel's buddies and some of our buddies from the Holmes Brewery who just absolutely live for Lions football. I will probably, is there a way to kick somebody out of a group chat? I think there might be. I'm expecting <laughs> that to happen to at out. some point here uh, because yeah, I'm taking the chief as well. Sorry guys. So I'm so sorry. I know. So you reform all the rest. I mean, it's not, we're not ruining. I'm, no, go I'm Lions. rooting for the lions. Yes. But, uh, if I'm wrong, yeah. But Arrowhead. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. If I'm wrong, here's the beauty of it. You get to laugh at me tomorrow. Field, how did you guys not trust me? I knew. I am told you. You even got the script in the mail yesterday. For some reason, you're still taking the Chiefs. I don't know why. I don't get it. All right. Field J. Stefania Bell Daniel up here on Fantasy Focus. We are going to dive into some quick injury updates heading into week one. Stefania Bell, we're going to start with Mark Andrews, who I'm told has a quad injury. We're already worried about Travis Kelsey. Don't tell me we got to be worried about Mark Andrews as well. Here's the thing. Mark Andrews has only missed one game due to injury in his entire career. Really? You know that? Yeah. Incredibly durable guy, uh, but is dealing with a quad injury that has caused him to miss the last six practices. These are things when it's 
you know, we're in the first week. We don't know this because the injury reports are just coming out. So it looks brand new to you. But to yep. people like Jamison Hensley, who cover the team and document these things uh, for us, he has missed six straight practices, which uh, Jameson said he can't remember that many consecutive misses for Mark Andrews in his entire career. Wow. So it okay. tells you a couple things. Number one, it's a legit injury. But number two, they're looking at the season as all teams are. So a lot of caution up front. I do expect that he's going to play. The question is, how will he look when he plays? He's so good at getting separation, creating separation. Is he going to be a little bit hampered by this? The, the feeling is he's not 100% himself. But the expectation is that he's going to play. So the idea that he's sitting out those practices is more we're projecting that it's to make sure that he's good for week one, not like he is so like his quad is in his well, point. It's a where combination. To, I mean, it's definitely an injury. That's a part of it. But, but like they're being cautious. But like you also, said. yeah, I, I think leading up to week one, they've they've kept him, you know, relatively quiet. But right. they do expect him to play. All right, let's talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had hand surgery like two weeks yeah, wrist ago. Surgery. Is there a chance that you can play football two weeks after wrist surgery? August 24th. So one of the things that it surprises people when guys come back so quickly after surgery, but often they're implanting hardware, which actually stabilizes the fracture. He had what Pete Carroll called a slight fracture. If you have a fracture, you have a fracture. So mm-hmm. even if it's a small one, it's still a break in the bone. And he had surgery and they put in hardware. And he came back within a couple of days and was trying to catch passes, even with his hand wrapped and protected. So uh, I think that speaks to him and his work ethic, too, that he's trying to prove that he could function quickly. Uh, my question was always, are you going to have the range of motion? Are you going to have the strength? Are you going to be able to do everything you need with the hand to be out there and play? Um, but certainly they're making it look like it's a possibility that he's on the field. Not I don't him. know how much... He'll play, sure. you know, because he's been limited up to this point. Um, but he has been doing work since five days post-op. So Wow. Yeah, you know what I need to see one time? I want to see, like, you know how sometimes defensive players with, like, a broken hand will just come out there with, with the, the club? club. club. Yeah. Yeah. I think a wide receiver should do that one time. Just get weird out there and see what happens, right? Jackson's, he's a talented dude. He can maybe make some just one-handed, one-handed catches. Just one-handed catches. Yeah, it's only one, one-handed like catches. find a way to, like, you know, lodge the ball between the club dude, and his head. if you can get that could work, someone right? to make a glove for the club that you could then stick against your helmet when you catch it, right? Like, it's the glove club. Like, stick them yeah. on the cast. Uh, who was the... Oh God, this is so bad, because I know NFL history, too. Who was the man who was legendary for wearing, like, just... Pounds of stick and I thought Jerry Rice was one of those guys. No, it was Jerry Rice. There was somebody who was like, it was his thing. God, I I don't remember. I I think I, I, I'm. Wildfield is figuring Wildfield it out. Wildfield is sure figuring I that out. I, I thought it was point. Cliff Branch. Was it Cliff? Look, Might be. I'm going Cliff Branch. I'm going to Google it. If it's definitely not Cliff Branch, <laughs> I will not follow up. If it definitely is, I'll brag about it. Give me 30. All right. It was his left wrist, by the way. So okay. I'm assuming, I think he's right-handed guy. So, you know, non-dominant hand that does help. Um, I'm just excited. Like, yes, it's Cliff Branch. Are you sure? Okay. I'm just, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Take your moment. No, I I just, I just, that was my brag. (laughs) That was it. That was it. If I guessed it wrong, I was never going to like ever mention it again. I will, Stefania, looking at this situation and the way that we have it ranked field, uh, you're playing DK Metcalf. You're playing Tyler Lockett. Jackson Smith and Jigba is not someone that we have ranked for week one. I need to see how that hand is going to respond before I'm trusting him in my fantasy lineup. I think I think that's fair um, because I don't know that he's going to get a ton of targets. I mean, he 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 might have one or two kind of test the hand out. Yep. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm just excited to see when he gets to his full potential, knowing this guy played in college with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Dude. And Garrett Wilson said he's the best one of the three of them, which 
That's saying something. It's saying something. That's saying something. So. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Talk about Jerry Judy. Had okay. A- I got to admit something. Oh, no. I was wrong. I just found a picture of Lester Hayes. I'm sorry. Of, of Cliff, Cliff Branch, Branch, who was applying some stick them on. <laughs> Keith, of course, not cool. Keith knows this. Who's very cool and smart and brilliant, and, and I knows just said NFL this, history. Uh, it was Lester Branch. So my apologies to uh, wow to to Lester. Lester Hayes, excuse I me. Like, I just combined. Was there a Lester Branch? <laughs> I didn't know about. I combined two names in one. Uh, Lester Hayes. Lester Hayes. Who did he play for? Stick and also the Raiders. So also right the team, Raiders. just wrong player. Sorry. Gotcha. Cheating okay. Raiders. Also. Wow. <laughs> Jerry Rice ever played for the Raiders? All right, let's talk about he did. Judy. He literally did. He did. did. He did. Stefania. We don't talk about that area. I've heard. I've heard. Oh, wow. I've. Uh, I've been dealing, or I've been dealing, I've been trying to figure out in all my fantasy teams where I've drafted Jerry Judy what I'm going to do for week one because I don't think he's going to be out there this week getting those vibes. Any other updates on Jerry Judy? I would just say that uh, this is a reminder for everybody out there who plays fantasy football that limited practices, when reported as such, are not all created equal. Because you can be limited and you can go do a little teeny bit of work and then you're off to the side the rest of the time, mm. or you can be limited and take all but a handful of reps. Right. Yeah. And those are qualified as the same designation. Which one is Jerry Judy? Guess which one he is. I'm going with Probably the ladder. <laughs> I'm going with the, the first former, one. The former. Yes. I always yes. screw that up. <laughs> Apples and trees and formers and ladders. Idiot. Apple does not fall. Fuck, I no, yes! Yes! Come on. I cannot. It's been like two weeks. You made this happen. I know. I'm sorry. I'm about, to, I'm about to take one of your honorary degrees away. You guys got to start articulating. Okay. Doing the DraftKings yeah. reads. Uh, yes, You'll be good at speaking after that. Former, and he's really not doing anything but jogging lightly. He's not in on the team rotations for, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I, not I the feel bad. I feel like there's this pressure you know jerry judy this was it was a bad hamstring injury when it happened we shall see i i I, look they can uh tease us all they want and if they want to say he's limited and all that i just hope that he does not return before he's in a good place or it's going to be a real problem for him all totally with you stefania i've got Cortland sutton this week inside my top 30 because of the fact i think right now he's at wide receiver 27 field do you know where you've got him Uh, i let me somewhere in the mid like why can't i find Cortland sutton it turns out i was looking at the wide receiver rankings i'm on a heater so far this one look at that look now you guys have taken away my ability to speak. I am going to do something about this. Uh, yes, I do not have Jerry Judy in my rankings. I have Cortland Sutton as wide receiver 24 against the Raiders. Okay, so definitely a flex play for us this week without even a starter. Sutton. Maybe yeah. even a starter. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about Jalen Waddle. Stefania, when I saw Jalen's wa- Waddle's name on this list, I was a little bit nervous. And I don't, uh, an oblique injury is what I found out. When I came back from training camp, I said I had a great conversation with him one day and the next day. Oh, it's your fault. Yeah, I know. It it is, but but also I'll credit myself with the fact that it wasn't that bad. Um, But he left practice holding the midsection and they, because it's not injury report time, they really didn't have to say much about it uh, at the time. Ultimately, we now know it's been labeled an oblique injury because they had to put it on the injury report. One of the things I learned when talking with him was I asked him about, he was banged up quite a bit, you know, both the last two years, but he always played through things. He said playing in Alabama really forced him to be mentally tough. And he learned how to play through things. We all know about Alabama that a lot of those guys will play despite being banged up. And I think that just tells you everything you need to know about Jalen Waddle for this week. I expect him to play and I don't expect there to be any issue. I am with you on that. All right. Last wide receiver that we have here. Well, maybe not last wide receiver, but one more wide receiver we have. 
Terry McLaurin been dealing with turf toe? We've been talking about this for a little while now, yeah. Stefania. Have we gotten to the point where we don't need to be worried about it, or is this still something that's lingering for you? Well, we saw it in the preseason game when he actually had the injury happen, so it was much more on our radar. And turf toe, as we've talked about, can be a whole spectrum of injuries, but it sounded like a mild case. Yep. Uh, shout out to Scott Abraham of uh, ABC7 News, our affiliate down in Washington, D.C., because he asked great questions of Terry McLaurin in the open locker room. And Terry McLaurin was very candid in his responses. And if you want to go see it, go take a look at at Scott's uh, video. But basically he said, I wouldn't be out here doing the practice that I'm doing if I was concerned about making it worse. But he also said one day at a time. So yesterday was a big day for him because he wanted to see how it felt tonight or today, Friday, today, Thursday, today, Thursday, after getting back to practice Wednesday and testing it. He feels good. He feels like he has no limitations. He said he needs to know for sure that he can push off, plant, pivot, all the things we talk about without making it worse. Uh, But as of right now, he certainly sounded like a player who expects to play as long as things progress. Now, I thought he might be out the first week, but it sounds like part of what he's doing in these early practice sessions is building his own confidence that he's at a place. He said he wouldn't do anything to put himself or the team at risk by trying to go out there too soon. It's a long season. All the things we've sort of talked about, but to hear it directly from the player, I thought it was excellent and uh, really gives you the insight to how these guys approach coming back, especially when you're talking week one in a 17-week season. They want to be smart and not do anything to set themselves back. I love that. He did not mention that they were playing the Cardinals, but I will. Mm. Because, that you know, helps, yeah. yeah not you know, I, think, yeah. I think there's, I think if he had hesitation... Uh, he would sit out. So I think we'll have a pretty good idea by the end of practice reports tomorrow about where he's leaning. I've got him as wide receiver 26 right now in my rankings. A little bit of a discount on Terry McLaurin, even if he does play, just because it doesn't sound like he'll be 100% by Sunday, even if he is good enough to go. So a slight discount there. Also, the emergence of Jahan Dotson, who has been so spectacular throughout training camp. So two players that are on the fantasy radar at wide receiver for the commanders. Wide receiver 26 for me with uh, Terry McLaurin. And then I've got Jahan Dotson at wide receiver 33. So not that far behind That's in our wide close. receiver ranks. That's pretty close. Uh, ADP. ADP. Yeah, we're not in draft season anymore. I, I have totally rankings. screwed this show up. My carelessness <laughs> is so now contagious we're all that stuff you guys are all right. saying things that you're not intending to say and... ADP and apples. Yeah, and we trees. all have butterflies. It's that's you know you, got, you know how yeah. the players have to First get the jitters out. Yeah, and that, course, that, yeah. That's us because we're all so excited. Technically, still preseason for us, right? right. That's Technically. right. All right, let's move on. Field. Why don't we pay a couple of bills first, and then we're going to look ahead to the future, if you don't mind. Like. When you're talking like 20 years down the line, I'm like, not going to tell you. I'll let you know when we get okay. there. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I would love it. Of course you wouldn't. When it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus add an easy to use mobile app available 24 hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Whatever you're looking forward to this season, there's one thing that pairs well with every great moment. Do you know what it is? It's an ice cold Miller Lite. At just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite is the only light beer you'll want to celebrate with all season long. So whether you're at a stadium, playing fantasy football, or watching the game at home or at the bar, Miller Lite is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. From kickoff to the clock runs out, you can't go wrong with a Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession, because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like 
like beer, guys. No, nothing. It's only There's got no 96 point. calories. Great field. Only 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces of serving. 12 ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You can get the taste you want without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you can feel it in your heart. Make it Miller time all season long. Get Miller Light delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Milwaukee Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, let's look ahead. Our producer, David Presley, said, guys, I know we're looking at week one, but let's do a little bit of prognostication. Let's do a little look ahead to what do we think we're going to talk about in week two based on what happens here in week one? This was, I think, I I think inspired by a segment that I think we don't do anymore, but that we used to do. Uh, sort of. It's uh, an old Paul Feinbaum Sports Center segment. He would come on uh, Saturday morning Sports Center, and they would do Sunday morning headlines on Saturday, right? Basically, he'd say like, "Hey, you know, I'm just making this up here. Like, uh, Purdue's going to upset uh, Ohio State, and that's going to be the big thing that we're all talking about tomorrow." Uh, and that's sort of what we're doing here. We're talking about the thing that we'll be talking about on Monday. But just doing it on Thursday. On Thursday, projecting yes, we borrowed Stefania's big brain and crystal ball, and next thing you know, we've got ourselves a forecast for Monday. I'm with you. That's tough. You for did a- not. You, you sort of. You, you didn't seem to agree with that. What part did you disagree with? Big brain. What do you mean you don't have a big brain? Are you smooth brain? <laughs> smooth brain. It's. Well, like you know how your brain gets a bunch of wrinkles in it when you learn stuff. Oh. If you got a smooth brain, it means you're a dummy. Ah, oh. Can you feel your brain like no, through your skull? No, I just I, my brain is full. That's what it is. Is that what it's it is? Full. It's, it's full. full. I feel like some stuff needs to. Get dumped out. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's, let's do that now. Let's Don't get rid of it. Yeah. Fields, we're going to kick it off with you. If you had to have a, a week two, we are reacting to this now. What is our thing we're talking Lamar about? Lamar Jackson absolutely mashes in week one. And we're saying to ourselves, did we overthink it and not take Lamar Jackson soon enough in our draft? And we spend way too much time focusing on three quarterbacks being in tier one mm. and not four with Lamar Jackson. This new look Ravens offense, still the most electric runner in the history of NFL quarterbacks facing off against a Houston Texans team that will be feisty as heck on defense, extremely well coached, but still not, I don't think, having the personnel to slow down this high-octane Baltimore Ravens attack. Lamar Jackson steals the show on Sunday. We talk about it on Monday. Wow. How do you feel about that, Stefania? You went into Lamar Jackson? I am. I we we had a show earlier where we, I think I don't remember what the segment was. Maybe Presley can remind me. But I picked Lamar Jackson yeah. as, but the kind of the the guy that I would want to be targeting. And was it a targeting in drafts or something? That, but yeah. it was, I was higher on him than I felt like everybody else was. I felt like it had gone sort of quiet. Yeah. And I, I I felt like that it was like leftover uneasiness from last year. And now you got a healthy Lamar Jackson. A happy Lamar Jackson, yeah. happy with uh, new pass catchers that he can throw the ball to, you know, not starting off with a running back coming off an ACL injury. So, like, there are a lot of reasons. And by the way, even if he does pass more, he's still going to run. I agree with Field. Like, you oh, don't yeah. take that out of don't the quarterback. No, yeah. no, no. So, I, am excited. I, I love him. I said this yesterday. I am excited to see the verticality of this offense with Todd Munkin as the offensive coordinator and seeing what is it going to look like with these pass catchers. We are so excited and we get enamored obviously with rookies, but like Zay Jones, I'm pumped to see what he looks like. Can OBJ recapture who OBJ used to be? It's been a tough sledding for him being able to stay healthy. What's the quite wait, which one I'm saying for both of them. I'm just excited to see both of them. Oh, 
like all of the I'm excited. I love Zay Flowers. Can't yeah. wait to see what he looks like this year. I also want to see what OBJ looks like. I hope that he can stay healthy because in this offense, if you give him, if you give Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, a healthy OBJ and a guy in a first round pick and Zay Flowers that can hopefully come on and use that speed. There's just so much to look forward to field. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Why we're like, hey, man, was this guy someone that we may have overlooked? It's not like he's not maybe the best athlete at the quarterback position. A couple of things here is that, first of all, second straight day with a verticality reference. I did say Rob verticality twice in a row. No, 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 no. Back-to-back days. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. And we hadn't, we weren't even sure if it was a word until yesterday. Stefania didn't say so it wasn't a word. Now, yeah, it, so it, it was confirmed it a word. Yes. NBA, people use it. Verticality, <laughs> bravo for getting that weaved in on back-to-back days. And Stefania is holding herself accountable for not recalling which of like the 27 shows we've already done that she bring up Lamar Jackson in a certain context. I don't recall what I have for breakfast this morning. So like <laughs> you have a little bit babies, of grace. So like a, that's true, but I don't have, I still I don't remember. have that excuse. Um, did you, do you remember what you have for breakfast this morning? I don't eat breakfast. Yeah, me This is people who Wait, are you guys intermittent fasters? I am sort of an intermittent faster. Yeah. How do you psychos do this? Uh, I just don't, uh, it's, it's on days I work out, it's easier. Okay. Cause What's I, working out like? wait, <laughs> Hold, and I work out in the morning <laughs> and I have like electrolyte water and, black coffee and that carries me to like one o'clock hold on now <laughs> one o'clock and how about you before uh, i start to go off on her i usually wake up and have caffeine in the morning but it's not a coffee right you're a mountain dude I, i'm a soda guy yeah, so that doesn't qualify because you can't have the sugar uh, yeah. or else it, diet or regular the sugar soda. Uh, it's regular i need okay. to but yeah. you know what I've, I've i have gotten to the point now where it's i'm having one in the morning and okay. then i'm not having one for the rest of the day like okay. that is my okay. caffeine okay so right. what time do you eat Whatever, I'm not going to count one, soda. Twelve thirty or one. What is wrong with you people? It actually, Am I the I'm only just, one that's I'm not like hungry. this? No, but you have the metabolism of a hummingbird. I, 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 I swear to God, change. I am on you the wait till fourth it meal. <laughs> I sw- like, I truly believe I'll be on my fourth. Not maybe, maybe not meal. Yeah, my but you eat like eating. little snack. I I sit with you on Sunday mornings and I watch yeah. you eat like a little. I know, but bar, I also eat and like, like a little snack and a little. Like I know, but I also eat like an actual breakfast too like i can't remember what it was but i'm pretty sure i had breakfast this morning i know what it was we had oatmeal my daughter my older daughter loves oatmeal so we eat it together in the mornings and the whole thing she makes Very a mess cute. of it it's cute until i have to clean it up but i had oatmeal and eggs and like yeah. but by you probably eat dinner right on time you're a schedule guy uh, well, i know people nah, like you you like to, have your yeah. meals at your certain well, time it used to be that way until kids um <laughs> so yeah. rude of you. Yeah, i know I got, oh, right how I dare they I how do you not eat until one o'clock I know, and then you got to get it all in by like eight o'clock. So Mm. can't eat after eight. Which is, that's a hard part for me. The night owl. I need people to uh, tweet at us and let me know whether or not eating. If you intermittent fast, you feel me. Okay. But it's just, it's actually a preference of mine too. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. I am so confused. Let's, let's go. All Let's right, feel Jason Stefania Bell, Dan Zopson, I'm jealous. Reset, and here we are talking about what we're going to be talking about here in week two. Stefania, feel just let us know that we may be talking about Lamar Jackson. Did we wait too long? How good is he going to be? Who do you think we're going to be talking about in week two? Well, we talk about the Jets all the time anyway. Okay. So, of course, we're going to be talking about the Jets, but the question is, is it going to be the good, the bad, the ugly. And I don't know which way this is going to go, but it's very exciting because it's a huge first game for them. But to me, it's, there are so many questions that are still unanswered. Yeah. And uh, I think if you've been watching Hard Knocks, you can appreciate some of those unanswered questions, starting with the offensive line and are they protecting Aaron Rodgers enough? Because we saw angry Aaron Rodgers when he felt like they weren't. Yep. We've got Mekhi Becton rotating positions over to the right tackle he's side. so big. When he, I saw him stand next to Aaron Rodgers, it was like he's a giant. <laughs> and he is. An, he is. He is, he is, a giant. He is he's awesome. A giant. 
don't know what he does, but, but he's, he's had injury issues in the past. This is a switch for him to be on the right side permanently. So we haven't really seen them play extensively together. Yeah. And while you're thinking, this is a fantasy show where you're talking about this. Well, because Aaron Rodgers being protected and feeling like he has time to do what he does is going to impact all of your fantasy players. And we still don't know who are going to be his primary pass catchers. Okay, Garrett Wilson, we all know that. But who is next? Is it Alan Lazard, who had a shoulder injury in the preseason, the AC joint injury? Yep. Don't really know how healthy he is. Where does that Where does that come? Nicole Hardman mm. had a finger injury. Might be moving down the depth chart. Might be Randall Didn't Cobb that's yeah. jumping up yeah. over him. All of a sudden... Now Aaron Rodgers has two guys that he used to throw to all the time that he basically wanted to come there and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. So how does that get divvied up to me for fantasy purposes? That is all very interesting. And then, oh, by the way, there's a running back situation mm. for the Jets with Brees Hall, who has not played a snap of actual competitive football yet yeah. and is coming off ACL injury. Dalvin Cook, who has not played with the Jets. And so he's going to be offloading Brees Hall. But how much work? Does each of them get in the first game? How did they look? What does this offense look like? And by the way, if they win, you know all Jets fans are like, they're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, they, like, Eight, they've already won the Super 0, Bowl. 0, 0, 0, 0, <laughs> Eastern time on Tuesday morning. Uh-huh. It it's time to get up uh, yeah. with oh, the future Super Bowl champions. That's why, New York Jets. That's why the headlines are going to be either terrible, they're right? going to the Super Bowl yeah. or they're they're doomed and they're terrible. And how do we save the Jets season? That's gonna those are those are the two choices. I'll I don't tell know you which what, way it goes. It's one of them. It is one of gonna be one of those things. Yesterday on the show we talked about how these Jets are taking on a pretty tough Bills defense yeah, here in are, week baby. one, and that yeah. is a part of the conversation. Is that, is that where you want to start? Like, really? Well, I mean, t- no, 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 not you. I mean, if you're the Jets. If you're the Jets, you're like, like, really? The Bills week one? That's what we get to have? And that is a big part of this conversation because yeah. Aaron Rodgers being able to start off strong Sorry, and look was, like that looked like I the just touched to find his hand <laughs> unknowingly. I looked at him like, stop touching me. It's like Involuntary a child. So <laughs> Anyways, I uh, I think that that's a big conversation too. The Bills are, are like it's not just about how is Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson going to look. It's going to be like the Bills are really awesome. Too. It would it would be like it would actually be like ironically funny if like just for like the next month and a half we just didn't talk about the Jets, the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah, uh, like you know the the Any Chiefs. Of the big teams, we're just like yeah. no, like we're an exclusively Cardinals and Titans podcast. Oh, only stop. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's interesting. Like some really deep dives on Michael Wilson again next week. Do like him as a late round sleeper, by the way, if you're going to do a last minute draft. Uh, Daniel, who is your week two headline before week one even begins? Before week one even begins. It's similar to what Stefania said, because I was very much thinking about the overreaction angle. Okay. Week one, we know. Tends to happen, right? Anthony Richardson is going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we have been waiting to see what this kid is going to look like. And after whatever we see in week one, guess who we get in week two? The Houston um, Texans. Ooh, okay. The Houston Texans, yeah, I think, is a matchup that I think that will be really nice for Anthony Richardson. So what kind of overreaction are we going to have based on the first week of this incredible rookie that has as wide of a range of outcomes as basically anybody else in the game of football right now? So well, let's plant our flag. I'm going to say he is going to be a top 15 quarterback. And looking at next week, I'll probably look him as like maybe a top 12 guy. You know what? I feel like that's like a... What do you want me to say here? No, because I think... So then the headline is probably this. Richardson struggles as thrower, has a handful of big runs. You see the upside down the line, right? Because for him to be a top eight quarterback, he does not need to be the super refined thrower, but he needs to get in the end zone at least once as a rusher and like maybe run the ball, you know, 12, 14 times in a game. Yep. 
if you think that week one, they're going to be a little more judicious and maybe rely on that extremely deep backfield they have. Hmm. Why did you guys do this, Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> Why have you guys done what you've done? Yeah. We're off. That's a separate port. Uh, but like, I think can't have if, one if, headline if, without the other. Though. Yeah. If he's, <laughs> if he's like quarterback 15 or 16, it's like, didn't quite do enough running and the passing was kind of as advertised. And that will be the week. week I feel headline. like people can sort of take their, it'll be confirmation bias week for everyone. Oh, right? that's a good way. Oh, because yeah. the people who see the, what they see as the talent in Anthony Richardson are going to find the moments and be like, See, See this. if this only he had X, Y, and Z, and right. if you give him a chance, et cetera. And the people who want to see the flaws are going to be like, see, this is why I was worried about We're still him. doing that with Justin Fields. He's going into year three. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this is going to be We're still doing it with she, Dak Prescott. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> He's not like looking at retirement. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. I think it's what though, we tend to do, though. It's a, it it's a great call. Like, it it, it, it's, it's really like uh, one of the challenges of week one. We're so looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for tonight. I can't wait for Sunday. I can't wait for Sunday night and Monday night is that we spent all off season assigning a value to these players. And like if Justin Jefferson has seven catches for 112 yards and a touchdown, like my reaction is there is no reaction, right? Like that's what yeah. you expect the face of fantasy football to do. Right. But like I've been big on amongst other players, Chris Olave. If Chris Olave has like three catches for 43 yards and no touchdowns in week one, People are going to be so fired up. Now, if he finishes with, you know, 87 catches for 1,212 yards and 12 touchdowns later on, I don't know why I said 12, 12, 12, but whatever, a huge year, then everything will be fine. Yeah. But after week one, they'll be coming for heads. So you have to sort of find a a fine line (laughs) between like putting weight and stock into week one but also understanding this is the smallest sample size we'll have exactly. for the entire season. That's going to, that's exactly how it's going to play out. Right. Chris, Chris Olave is going to have like three for 35 and then Michael Thomas is going to have seven for 125 and, and three touchdowns. And we got gonna be the like, wrong receiver. And that's what it's going to be. We're, we always do this every year. Brees Hall will carry it oh like eight gosh. times and have two touchdowns <sighs> and you know, a couple catches and people will be like, see, right. I knew he was going to exactly. be this way out of the game. <laughs> exactly. That yeah. was JK Dobbins last year. If I'm not, I need to go, Let me just go Google this and you guys keep talking. I'm pretty sure it was like J.K. Dobbins returns, right? He comes back last year and we're like, hey, I really think it's going to be like a pretty like quiet workload for J.K. Dobbins upon his return from like multiple knee injuries, right? I'm pretty sure that was the case. And then it was like his first game back. I guess it was the second game back. He's 13 carries, 41 yards and a touchdown. Okay, I take that back. Here's the big one. In uh, his return after that long stretch, he had 15 carries. He had zero targets. Yeah. But he turned those 15 carries into 120 yards and a touchdown. And then the following week, he gets 13 carries. He has one target. That's a solid workload. It is not spectacular. What does he do with those 13 carries? 125 yards. So you're like, okay, I promise you. Average nine going yards to level per carry. Off. Yes. And then all of a sudden, the week later, 12 carries, zero catches. And he has four, 49 yards. So like, okay, 4.9 fantasy points ain't going to do it for you. Right. But when the guy goes back to back weeks with what, 18 fantasy points to 12 and a half fantasy points, be like, what are you talking about? He's going to have a small workload. Okay. Well, he finished the final two weeks of the season with fewer than 10 total fantasy points. Yeah. So eventually I, I'm, I'm saying this only to note that like, there is not a lot of grace when it comes to uh, small sample sizes and people uh, believing that your opinions for the past six or seven months are either completely correct 
or completely incorrect. We're going to be doing that, I think, with Anthony Richardson for a very long time. And Field, you have a great point. Not having a superstar running back behind him when you planned on it is absolutely going to affect Hey-o. the way that this offense runs. So <laughs> let's move ahead and talk about one last thing, and it's who we think we're going to plant our flags on our fantasy MVPs yeah. for yeah. this season. Way let's too early. Way too early. This is, no. I mean, it's like calling our shot. Exactly. This, by the way. I know, but it's way too early predictions. Oh, okay. Okay. You're, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Way too it's early like predictions. It's like way too early mock drafts, which I love. I'm a sicko for those things. Yeah. Love them. This segment, by the way, presented by Geico. Switch today and see all the ways that you could save. I think it's important to know. A fantasy MVP, and I know who each of these two play, these two picked, um, it's not as simple as who scores the most points. It's also not necessarily as simple as like who is the player like the it's it's not as simple as like this player was picked high and he pays off. Some of it is like there's a little bit more nuance to it. So let's go around the room and see who each of us picked and I'll let you have first picks to find you. Yeah, I tried to think actually of who had been fantasy MVPs in past years. Mm. And it's not always because we, we often vote on this. Yep. We have our own awards at the end of the year. We give out awards on the show. Yeah, we do. And it's not when you look at the category, it's not always a player who delivers the most fantasy points, right. but you're looking at things like consistency. Mm-hmm. You're looking at things like how they actually helped their team amount of times they touched the ball, how they looked and availability as well. So my pick is Bijan Robinson, because mm. I think in a world where running backs who do both things, both run the ball and catch the ball is the number is getting fewer and fewer. And you've got a young athlete coming in who Proved he can run the ball, average over four yards per carry after first contact when he was at Texas. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, but so he, you know, he's a strong runner. He's a power runner, but he's still got the uh, quickness to make guys miss. You know, mm. this is I, I, I watched him when I was at those joint practices. Yeah, he is different. It is amazing to yeah. watch. And in this sport where volume is king, mm. when you're talking about, especially when it comes to fantasy opportunity. He is going to have a lot of volume, yeah. I believe. And so I think, uh, you know, he's young, he's healthy. We hope he stays that way. He's going to touch the ball a lot. He's going to be involved in all facets of the game. Uh, he called himself a playmaker when he was talk- meeting with teams before. He said, don't think of me as a running back. Think of me as a playmaker. Mm. Well, we too, here at the Fantasy Focus, would like to think of you, Bijan, as, as a playmaker. A playmaker yeah. And so he is my vote for Fantasy MVP. You know what, Stefania? It's a great pick, one that after I had submitted my initial pick, I wonder whether I had somebody else that I should have considered. And I thought I was going to pick B. John Robinson. It turned out you had already taken him. I love it. And part of the reason why I think he could end up being the fantasy MVP, besides all the things that you laid out, is the average draft position, right? Mm. My criteria might be different than some, but like I wasn't going to pick Justin Jefferson as my MVP because if he delivers expectations, he went first overall, right? Like that's that's what you're expecting out of the player who was the face of fantasy this year. Bijan Robinson is a great pick. Mine is a similar vein. Running back who's being drafted closer to the end of the first round, maybe the top of the second round. That's Tony Pollard for Dallas Cowboys, who all offseason we wondered whether the Cowboys would make another big investment in Tony Pollard or in the backfield, and they did not do that. They no, drafted they Deuce Vaughn, but right now the number two back actually looks to be maybe Rico Dowdell in Dallas. Pollard has just so much opportunity and he's such a great pass catcher that if he ends up as RB three this season and you're getting him as RB seven or eight, that is the exact criteria that could qualify him to become a fantasy MVP. You think mm-hmm. about some of the recent MVPs in fantasy. They include Cooper cup a couple of years ago when he went from like wide receiver 18 in the pre-draft process to 
best player in fantasy by a mile. Travis Kelsey has been a recent MVP because of that consistency that Stefania referenced. Also going in the second round, maybe even later uh, in the case of Cooper Cup. Then you had like the Austin Eckler breakout year. I'm wondering if this is the Austin Eckler type breakout year here for Tony Pollard. The Cowboys said they want to run the football more. That's fine. That would help Tony Pollard. They also did a lot of things this offseason that make me think they're going to throw the ball a ton, given the fact that they have Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Great three receiver set right there. And of course, as we know, with Tony Pollard, his receiving upside is about as high as any running back, perhaps not named Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler, could have a massive MVP fantasy season. I feel like I'm either going to be way wrong or way right on Tony Pollard. You and I have a board bet on Tony Pollard. If oh, you that's recall. right. I, yeah, we do. We so do. you hate this pick. No, I don't hate it because... Okay. I, it might shock people, but I always root for the player. I'm never root for like the injuries or the things that I worry about what could happen. So I'm okay with being totally wrong on it. And everyone can tell me how wrong I was when the season is over. Yep. But my concerns are number one, that I, you know, I know that there's not anyone else obvious around him. Still concerned about the volume because we just haven't seen it. We haven't seen that workload for him. He is coming off a major injury. There's more injury exposure. I mean, it's the same argument for Bijan Robinson. I think Tony Pollard is a little more slight. Mm. Uh, so worry about that a little bit more. And, uh, you know, he flashed so much when he had open lanes. Mm. And, you know, he had the benefit of the compliment of Zeke yep. to make him be that fresh guy. I just, I don't know how it's going to look. I'll be interested to see. I, I feel I'm not quite as optimistic as number three running back overall, but again, you can tell me a time and a week in and week out how wrong I am as the season progresses. God, I would love nothing more than that. Actually, I wouldn't because I don't like to be like, hey, Stefania, I told no, you no, so. No, right? there, I like to do that to Daniel. I would do, I like that to do it to Mike. I would do it yeah, to myself. I do it to Mike yeah, all the time. No, yeah. you should. I mean, this is just the cautious in me is like, hmm, and we shall see. Who's your pick? Fields, you said you didn't want to pick someone like Justin Jefferson, and then you went on to list fantasy MVPs like Travis Kelsey and Austin Eckler, <laughs> which are guys literally at the top of the board. I meant guys in the, the, in the, that past. In the past that yeah. weren't being drafted. Like when Austin Eckler won MVP in my book, it was because he went, you know, it was like he had been drafted as like RB7 and right. then skyrockets up to RB1. So when I look at fantasy MVP, I actually don't think any of us are going to be right. The way that, And even the guy that I picked is not the way that I normally do it. Oh, okay. The way that I look at fantasy MVP and vote at it at the end of the year is we have guys like Devonta Smith, who was like wide receiver 31 being drafted last year, turned into wide receiver nine. Right. You That's know, Ramondre move. Stevenson, who was outside the top 30 at running back that became a top 12 running back for your fantasy team. Sure. Guys that cost you basically nothing and turned into a legitimate starter. Those guys are the guys that I look at MVPs because when you draft the guy at the top of the, at the board, it's all they're doing is just the expectation of what you drafted them as in my estimation. Right. Okay. In spite of that, I still said Jamar Chase because there's one wide receiver. Because he's number two and not number one. (laughs) There's one wide receiver last year that averaged more than 11 targets per game. 11. Um, And it was Jamar Chase. Oh, I was going to say Drake London. It's a joke. It's a joke, people. Sorry. Stop. mad. Drake uh, London may have had a higher target share. But Jamar Chase still had a 29% target share in one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the NFL. He's got Joe Burrow throwing in the football. I know we know how good T. Higgins is. And we Higgins know how is. Joe Burrow feels about throwing the ball to Jamar Chase. We he know they love each other. Exactly. Yes. And so if he was seeing that amount of volume last year, the idea that we were all in on Justin Jefferson, I'm in on Justin Jefferson as a number one overall pick, but they're like, I love what Jamar Chase can potentially be in this Bengals offense. If he didn't miss those five games last year, 
we might be having a different conversation about who the best wide receiver in football is because he averaged over 20 fantasy points per game in his sophomore year. Me likey, this one. What he's going to do here in his third year, I am super excited about. So, you know, not a huge, I mean, or a, a massive limb. No, not a huge limb. Which way do you say it? What a limb to go out on, Daniel. Jamar Chase. Which one was the... Going out I went out limb? on a limb. That's yeah, a huge you know, limb. I went out on a huge limb, meaning the limb isn't going to break underneath me. I feel okay. like when we wow. talk about going out on a limb, we never define like the structural integrity of it. Of we the just limb, say it's right? a limb. Yeah, you're going yeah. out on a limb. Like, you know, you're going away from the trunk. Basically, not really going, going out, out on a limb because I'm talking about really, Jamar not Chase. Going that oh, because if it would be a huge side, limb, like would you call it like something different? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is. Whatever. Yeah. It's Anyways. Jamar Chase. And that the, I like that pick too. I I hmm. love Jamar Chase as a talent. I just Cincinnati has so many options. Yes, they it do. It'd really be interesting to see if it stays that way. By the way, I just going to throw this in there now. Joe Burrow's going to play. Uh, you know, if anybody's wondering, I mean, he's, he's pretty much given us all the indications that he is going to play and he feels good. And by the way, he pointed out that he was able to do all his conditioning and all that stuff while he was out with the calf because it wasn't like last year with the appendix. Yep. And he was just trying to get his weight back. So I'd start, him. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this week going out on a limb yeah big going limb. out on a big limb there hey. uh, uh, all right i think I that's gonna it. do it for today's show guys we had uh, so much good stuff a thursday night football preview a I bunch of injury wait i am so ready for football should time. i just like pay homage to mike clay right now hey, i've got the uh, i got the chiefs 27.2 uh, lions 22.6 uh, Mike actually let me know he's taking the Lions today. You can go ahead and put it on the board for that one. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's really exciting. Yeah, I'm picturing that not happening. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're going to be back tomorrow. Obviously, a whole week one preview from Field, Mike, and I. It is yeah. going to be fantastic. Stefania, you're going to be here for a little bit of Should that? Should be here no. for injuries, right? Not that's tomorrow. Right. Okay. Not tomorrow. Okay. Not We've tomorrow. Got, um, but I do think, Daniel... Don't turn off the stream right now and don't stop listening because we have a very special conclusion to the show. Tell us more. We do. The Squirrel Report came out last week. <gasps> episode one did. We're going to have episode TSR. two coming out today. ESPN minus plus. We're we got a little bit of love in case you guys haven't seen it. We put up the infomercial of what we've been doing. So make sure you check it out. We think you had a ton of fun with it. David Presley, who's the producer of Focus. Very and, funny. And Jackson Agello, who's one of our other producers. Fantastic. Uh, we've been putting it together. So Squirrel please Report. check it out. It's been a ton of fun. It's on YouTube. Come back tomorrow for our big week one preview. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Is it going to roll right now? It's about to after I say this. Okay, don't move a muscle if you're watching right now. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Watch this, please, for me. I love you. Did you draft a quarterback in the first round last year? Call this number. Do you want to be an elite nerd like Mike Clay this year? Then call this number. Do you lie awake at night wondering what fab is? You getting tired of being bullied by your coworkers for being bad at fantasy football? Then call this number. Is your partner annoyed at how much time you spend playing fake football and you don't even have a fake trophy to show for it? Then call this number. Still don't believe the Squirrel Report hotline works? Here's one of our billions of testimonials. I lost my fantasy football league and I had to fly across the country for 36 straight hours. I missed my sister's wedding, I had a shower in a Detroit airport, and my mom wouldn't talk to me anymore. But then I called the Squirrel Report hotline and my life's changed. I'm now I'm a champion and I'm hosting Thanksgiving. I love you, Mom. I love your mom too, Kevin. Kill so that number. Good. That's actually a real phone number. Do Leave it. me a message. <laughs> oh, I'm calling.
She's got a smile that'll melt your heart. She's always there to lend a helping hand. Her fantasy knowledge is just the start. Her skills are highly in demand. She's our Bay Area lady out there hustling for us. Advice that we really trust. Bay Area lady, always there to help. She's not a con, she's your favorite gal. She's to find your bell. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.